This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Shall we begin? <laughs> Expecto Patronum! How much longer do you intend to hold us all hostage? Or is that the idea? Gather all the suspects and interrogate each of us in turn until the mystery is solved? He killed Kaepernick to hush up the affair. Case closed. We have a serial killer on the loose. We are no longer merely suspects. We are also potential victims. So what did he do that made you suspicious? It wasn't so much what he did, it was more the way he did it. How did he do it? Sort of. BFM 89.9. Hello, everybody. You're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And today it's another episode of Stuff We Missed. We're sort of closing out 2022 a month after it's passed by <laughs> kind of getting to some of the movies that had small runs in the cinemas and have now made it to streaming. Um, and we are talking today about See How They Run, directed by Tom George, written by Mark Chappell, um, starring, I think you heard some of the voices there, Sam Rockwell, Saoirse Ronan, Adrian Brody, Ruth Wilson, Harris Dickinson, David Oyelowo. It almost feels like the last few weeks have been leading up to today, right? Because we've finally gotten to the point where we're reviewing an Agatha Christie-esque movie about an Agatha Christie play where people get murdered and then becomes an Agatha Christie mystery within the play. So... I enjoyed this so much because, I mean, I, I love everything about that setup. I love how self-referential it is. Um, it also stays true to the Agatha Christie-esque vibe of everything. But it also kind of um, intersects with Hollywood of a particular era, uh, of theatre in a particular era. So there's a lot here to love. And just overall, it's such a fun, warm film to watch and spend time with. It's a small movie and I really like that. Yes. Mm. It, it's small in every sense of the word. The story is small, the scope is small, the runtime is, you know, it, it's just a little self-contained world that you can enjoy and not feel like after that you've you've got to, um, you know, have some sort of world-changing conversation about. It's just a good small film. It's a it's such a good small film. Um, I really, really, really like the movie. Um, and also I was I was so curious as to why the movie had zero buzz going for it um i think it showed you in cinemas i can't remember it, it did. had like the oh it, it, it did i it thought did. it didn't come here huh. i think it did but like very very brief because i remember wanting to catch it and then it going blip and i was like oh okay ah so that's the thing it like it had like the opposite of buzz even with the the cast that it had right um you know how in the movie they get very meta sometimes and then they go don't tell anyone about this play or about the movie because we don't want anyone to know who the killer is i think the marketing team took that like literally <laughs> and didn't tell anyone about the movie um which is a shame lah because i i would have enjoyed this in the cinema um if it was if it was advertised a bit more um but i'm glad it's out because it's such a fun movie so see how they run is based in part on it takes place at a staging of the mousetrap or in uh, at the mousetrap in its early inception, you know, when it began its like record-breaking run of longest running play, etc., etc. Um, a death occurs when a film adaptation is being pushed forward and Sam Rockwell doing 
what is probably my favourite version of a quintessential Sam Rockwell character, which is to say Defeated Man. Um, <laughs> Sam Rockwell does Defeated Man so well. Anyways, um, Sam Rockwell in the form of a defeated man who is also a police investigator steps in and is assisted by an over-eager Saoirse Ronan um, who is there on her first case. And they go, around inve- they go around interviewing all the people who are tangentially involved with the play. Um, and all of it intersects, like you said, Shamila, with Agatha Christie and uh, the stories that she initially told with the idea of adaptation with theatre. Um, yeah, and and it's very fun. Um, I think it, it doesn't have a lot to comment on those things. What it does is it enjoys the world that those situations offers it. In other words, it likes participating in the Hollywood tropes, but it doesn't necessarily have a lot to say about it, which is fine. It's cotton candy, la, and yeah. it's fine that it's cotton candy. It's smart cotton candy. It is. And mm. and I think, what is smart cotton candy? I this was trying movie. To, I was trying to think of a metaphor and then failed. But I was going to say, actually, it's very clever because, because it doesn't take itself seriously. Even the things that I don't think it does very well, you don't really think it's worth criticizing because it's never trying to be anything. It's not trying to be Oscar winning. It's not trying to be some grand commentary on Agatha Christie or on mysteries or theater or any of those things. It's just showing you a good time. And even though there are things about it that I feel could have been better, could have reached perhaps a higher potential, in the end, I came away just so charmed that it's fine. It's fine that it's not the best movie ever. It was a really fine movie that you can have fun with. Actually, I think it's better than all the recent whodunits that we've reviewed. And we reviewed a bunch uh, recently, right? Um, I like Glass Onion, but that's about it. Um, I definitely like this one more than the older movies like uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Um, there's just that's something true. It is better the, than the actual Agatha Christie adaptations. It, it's. I, I felt it was way better. Like it. Like it just. There's something about the the quirkiness and the meta ness of see how they run that hit all the right notes for me. Um, it's simple enough, but then it kept me engaged throughout. Um, which also I really appreciated. I, I don't know what it is. There's something about the vibe, the atmosphere, the the set pieces, the the old timiness of this movie, um, and also the simplicity. La. Um, it, it just made it a lot better than any of the whodunits that, that we spoke about. I think it takes itself just seriously enough. That That's probably mm. what it comes down to, that it doesn't take lightly that the, the fact that there is a central mystery, that there is a central murder to, to uncover, and it knows that in order to be a satisfying whodunit, it needs to tell the story and offer the audience a way to solve it, um, and that if it doesn't do that, it won't be satisfying. You have to do that quite seriously. But there are also ridiculous things. Um, the flashbacks are insane. Um, there's a whole kind of story revolving around someone who's described as a, and I'm quoting here, homely woman um, that just turns out to fruish uh, to like fruit in the most ridiculous storyline. And all that stuff is very funny, but the mystery is taken seriously. And the love of Agatha Christie and the love of the play is taken very seriously. So I think it's the balance of, um, it's very fun, it's light, but it also knows when it needs to be respectful of its audience, I think. And I think the defeated man does a lot too. Sam Rockwell, man. <laughs> I mean, Inspector Stoppard is a classic, just sad Sam Rockwell character. I mean, he doesn't always hold a British accent well. That I have That's to say. That's not the point. We're not in it for mm. the we're and, not in it for the accent. But but I like him so much and I enjoyed the movie so much that at the points when it slipped, I was just like, oh Sam, you're trying. <laughs> and I love it. Uh, no, but I think his 
dogged determination with this case, but also general, like I've given up on life and I'm just doing this. There's something about it that adds the gravitas to the situation just enough. And then once at the end, the the relationship between him and Shersha Ronan kind of come together. Um, she's great. Um, she's so much fun. She's such a... She's hilarious. She's such a ray of sunshine in every scene that she's in. I think the acting elevated a lot of the proceedings um, far beyond what it should have been otherwise. Um, I also love that they didn't make the stalker character um, a dimwit. Like, Lynn, you used the word, like, over-eager, right, for, for Saoirse Ronan. Um, and, and they made that, they, they could have easily made her a dimwit sidekick who's, like, you know, bamboozled by everything. But early on in the movie, uh, they sort of distinguished between being dumb and being determined or just being a rookie. Like, she's green. Like, she needs to, like they say, they use the word, like, uh, learn the ropes and stuff. Um, I like that touch. And that the chemistry between them um, was unique in the way that it could have been very stereotypical I'm the veteran cop and then I'm the I'm the the dumb one who doesn't know what's going on and then the comedy could have come out of that but they took it in ways that I did not expect uh, don't have to spoil it but I like the chemistry I I felt like a lot of movies don't hit on that chemistry well but this this movie did it did it really well for me. We got Wes Anderson, Saoirse Ronan in this yes. one. You know? yeah. um, because she is a very serious actor, by and large. Um, you know, she's known for her dramatic roles. She's known for being such a, an awesome chameleon, transforming from character to character. But Ray of Sunshine, you know, lightness, knowing that she's not a dimwit, knowing that she's an avatar that we can respect and that we can participate mm. with. Um, all of that, she just played it so beautifully. And a lot of the laugh out loud moments in the film for me personally were from her character um, and were from her delivery of her lines and just I I enjoyed her a lot so the movie gives you just enough right because they do tell you almost it's a throwaway thing that she has children she lost her husband in the war so they give you enough that you don't think of these characters as cardboard cutouts but they don't turn it into like a and she rose above her circumstances kind of moment. And I like that kind of very, very nice balance of, um, I suppose, emotions, but also the lightness of touch. But we also have to talk about the Wes Anderson thing, right? Because she's clearly, she is clearly like a Wes Anderson character. Um, And I think that's where the movie falls short a bit because the movie is guilty of trying to be a lot of other more popular styles of uh, films and filmmakers. Um, there's obviously a Wes Anderson vibe going on here. You know, the set pieces, the cinematography, uh, the use of the the symmetry, the type of casting, like Saoirse Ronan, Sam Rockwell. The aesthetic um, as a whole. The, the yes, aesthetic yeah. as a whole. Uh, the, the humor also very uh, Wes Anderson, I think. Uh, there's also a bit of Coen Brothers, uh, definitely some Fargo vibes there, a bit of early like Edgar Wright. So a lot of times like you can sense that it's trying to uh, be something else, but because it can't do it organically, a lot of it just feels half done. Uh, like the movie is beautiful looking, but it, it feels like it's not quite there yet in terms of vibe. Um, you know, having said that, uh, Tom George, this is his debut. Yes. This is his feature mm. debut. So I think in that sense, it does feel very accomplished. And um, perhaps it's kind of understandable in some ways that there would be so many little tributes or little kind of nods of the tips of the hat to other directors. Uh, we're talking today about See How They Run, which had a really kind of mini run in between big blockbusters uh, in our cinemas and is now out on streaming. Have you watched it yet? Um, if 
if you have, let us know. But also of all the whodunits recently, and there have been a number, where would you rate it? Um, you can WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9. That's that then, sir. It's as good as a confession. It's not jump to conclusions, Constable. No, sir. The least we can do is talk to this other party. Yes, sir. Cocker Norris, sir. Tell me, did you write everything down in that little notebook? Only if it's important, sir. How do you know if it's important? Well, I'll just sort of put everything in as we go and then down the line, when we know what's important, we'll know that it's already in the notebook. So you do write everything down? Yeah, everything. That's what I thought. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmilan Arvin and together it is uh, a Stuff We Missed review. We're talking about See How They Run, which stars among others Sam Rockwell, Saoirse Ronan, whom you just heard. Um, can I give a shout out though at this point to both Harris Dickinson and David Oyelowo, who I both found just <laughs> delightful. Um, Harris Dickinson plays Sir Richard Attenborough, who I think most of us are familiar with only in his older form. Um, but the way in which he delivers this performance, which is like part impersonation, part kind of slightly odd, what are you exactly? <laughs> you know, wh- why are you like this as a thespian <laughs> you know, kind of performance was so funny to me. I, I found them both really, really hilarious. Oh, I love them. Um, I loved Harris Dickinson. I didn't realise until a little way through that he was playing the Richard Attenborough. And yes, then, then Dickie. It was, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's who you are. Um, he was so good. I've not actually seen him in a lot before this and I was very impressed. I'd love to see more from him. David Oilevo, I never thought he could be this funny. Um, but he's so funny in this role. He plays so well against, in particular, another favourite of mine, Adrian Brody. Um, They have some great scenes together. And really, I think that's indicative of how this film thrives on having a really good cast, all of whom share the screen really well with other actors. And the three of them, I think, are the most like fourth wall breaking meta characters in the movie, right? One, because like Richard Attenborough, like you don't know, like, because he's an actual person. But then the movie is like meta in a way where this is not a true story. So they're using him as a character, but he's also an actual person. But he's playing in a, in a play that's in the movie. And then the movie breaks the fourth wall to you. There's so many layers going on. I thought that was like really, really clever. Um, and the way the three of them sort of comment on the movie itself as the movie is going along. And they literally like, they literally tell you about stuff. <laughs> that if you put together is very, very, very uh, interesting. Like, I, I I love it. I love all the, the micro chemistries between, like, even the smaller characters that just show up for, like, one scene or a couple of scenes. Um, it's all, like, so well done, I thought. Which um, brings me to the other thing. We're all talking about this movie having watched it once, once each, yes. right? Um, but... I'm looking forward to see it again. I think that it mm. would be rewarding the second time round. Maybe not necessarily because, uh, and this goes back to, it is a small movie and I can't say this enough, that is in this context a good thing. Because I'm not going to rewatch it to be like, oh, actually there was a clue in the first five minutes. Like, I don't really care about that. <laughs> I would be rewatching it to see the the little 
eye rolls that they give each other in the background or, you know, to see the little moments where they're like, that guy is the worst. Um, you know, all, all that stuff that happens. Because again, this is a, a cast of a fantastic calibre operating on a really fun ensemble level. And that's what makes it rewarding to rewatch. Also, we talked about Clue yesterday um, and it was a throwback we chose specifically for See How They Run. They have the same quality. They're both funny, they're both rewatchable and they're both doable within an afternoon and won't leave you feeling like a broken person. You know, you, you'll be like, okay, cool. Oh, I would 100% rewatch this and I would 100% rewatch it with, I mean, I don't even know if people do this anymore, but, you know, with friends, like hang out with friends and watch a movie together or hang out with your family. And if you want a short, fun film to watch, this is a great one. It's also something that you could watch with people of most ages, I would yeah. say. Mm. Nothing much in there that's troubling, for, even for younger viewers. Um I think it's great. I, I think it's exactly the kind of film that your happy pops up on something like streaming because you want to revisit it. Oh, I thought it was surprisingly family friendly. Um, but then I also realized that it's on a very specific streaming service. So I don't know now. Um, and I cannot uh, tell if, if that's the But that case. particular family-friendly streaming service also has other movies that are not necessarily family-friendly. Um, and it's true. a Fox Searchlight. Yes. So so not necessarily, mm. I think. But um, the, the family-friendliness is... Um, it is kind of an intriguing thing, partly because there's massive murder and all the rest of it. But I think it stems from the fact that it's an old-fashioned movie. And I'm thinking here of how one character dies. I don't think it's a spoiler to say that there's going to be more than one death and see how they run. There usually is in um, in these sorts of films. And that death is so theatrical and overplayed and very old-fashioned, very old Hollywood in the way that they play with shadow and light and all the rest of it. And I thought, man, they're just having fun. They're just having fun playing, playing homage to a time where it would probably be considered family friendly. There isn't necessarily, you know, nudity or cussing or anything of the sort. No, it reminded me of the mysteries that I used to enjoy watching as a kid. Movies that were actually movies for adults, but you could watch with a child because nothing much happens that is too over the top, but it introduces you to the concept of a good mystery. Um, did you guys want a bit more from Sam Rockwell though? Um, like I know, like Lynn, you said that it's the perfect Sam Rockwell. Uh, not not me, a perfect Sam Rockwell, just that I like Sam Rockwell. Like mm -hmm. he plays a few different characters, right? He's got villain Sam Rockwell. He's got defeated man Sam Rockwell. He's got like, I, I like defeated man Sam Rockwell. It's my favorite version. And this is like defeated man Sam Rockwell, like yes. one of his many defeated men. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, for me, it's he sounded a bit like, um, he sounded a bit like Jack Sparrow. Uh, in places like doing the, the accent, yeah. accent. Man, yes, yes, it's yes. Just, right? yeah. Sam yeah. Rockwell's best American. Best American. Um, I wanted a bit more from him. I thought that he was a bit too mellow, um, and they sort of downplayed his his character a bit. Like he can do so much more. We've seen Sam Rockwell in many many other things. Um, I expected a bit more, at least. I think I wanted a bit more from the mystery itself mm. in the end. Mm. I felt like it 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 was too convenient and then it sort of introduced a late in the game, very hefty kind of thread, which it didn't do justice. Um, but again, it, it's a small complaint in a movie that I otherwise enjoyed a lot. Yeah, so I think that the to me, the Sam Rockwell thing was um, part and parcel of being part of an ensemble cast and of um, being a character who is supposed to be giving way to a younger person um, in the form of Saoirse Ronan. And so I, I viewed it that way because he really doesn't get that much to do. It's why I keep calling it an archetype. 
um, and it's not out of any disrespect to the performance or to Sam Rockwell, who I enjoy. But that is what he's doing, I think. Um, the mystery in the end is a very simple one. Um, and it's also very solvable. I think I solved it. Yes, I, I, oh, you I, did. I, I did. didn't see it coming at all. But that's Same, because I, I don't think it. the movie did a great job of laying the path. I don't know. So, so it's hard to say because I as I've established in the past, don't normally prioritize being able to solve these things. I'm not someone who like watches a movie with a notebook a la stalker and you know, tries to like figure <laughs> it out. So the fact that I could get there and that I did get there in the end before the movie revealed it surprised me and has me wondering whether they did a better job than I'd expected laying it out. But I don't know. I'm, I'm not the right huh. person to ask. I, I, no, I'm not either because I was just like, I didn't see that coming at all and I'm a bit annoyed. <laughs> I didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming at all. Um, do we want sequel? Because I would watch a sequel. It's never going to happen. The movie. I don't think the movie made any money. But if there was a sequel, I would. I would watch it. I would hundred percent watch it. I guess I'm wondering what they do because the first one is so based in a love of Christie and the mousetrap, and so whether they just keep doing like Christie murders or whether we'd start branching out to like Raymond Chandler stuff. But then it's set in the UK, <laughs> so I don't know. There, there are all these things. I would say what I want is for more directors and more studios to take risks on projects like this that just bring together a big cast with an interesting storyline that doesn't have to be a blockbuster or Oscar bait. Interesting original storyline. Yes. Mm. Mm. And also market it more. Please. <laughs> yes, that <laughs> is yeah. Don't tell people the ending, but tell people it exists, I think, is, <laughs> yeah. is the magic yeah. balance that we're looking to strike. Uh, we're talking today about See How They Run, which is something that we missed in 2022. Uh, we want to know if you've watched it and enjoyed it. WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio and write to us at movies at bfm.my. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.